1: As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at farm slash farmenergyassessment.
2: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
1: Gun in the west. Okay, we're live. Gotta let her breathe. Hold your horses one second, gang. Yep, we're only 11 minutes late tonight. Hey, count your blessings, right? Uh, we're going to bring on Facebook, though. Got to get the whole fam family in the hizzy, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump right to it. <clears throat> we're super stoked because we, we have another superstar segment tonight. But Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach it didn't come so much as a shock or a surprise, but it is fitting that the same year Peyton Manning will be entering the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he'll also be enshrined in the Broncos' ring of fame. And even though, Zach, it wasn't um, you know any kind of shock or surprise to, to have that hit my email today from the team, it was kind of fun writing up the story, reminiscing on just how prolific that four-year run was with Peyton in Denver. I don't really
3: have, like you said, it's not surprising at all. This was in the making for years now. But it's to me, we saw the retirement of Greek and his legacy ending after 40-plus years. We saw Mike Shanahan come out with an announcement about him and John Elway come out with an announcement about him. It's kind of sad, harking back on the Broncos' past, considering where they've been the last five years, the Peyton Manning years, the, the formative years when Greek was here, the Elway years. I just want the Broncos, Chad, to get back to the level where they can have players that produce Ring of Ring of Fame-type seasons, Ring of Fame-type careers,
1: and I hope the Broncos get that back to that level soon. Indeed. You know, Tom Brady, by the time it's all said and done, if he doesn't already, is going to end up with all, all the records. But you know what? That 55 touchdowns in 2013 and even the 5,477 passing yards – They still stand as a record. I mean, Aaron Rodgers sniffed it last year. What was it, Zach? 48 passing touchdowns. You chip in. You throw in his rushing scores. He approached Peyton Manning's 55 touchdowns. Mahomes got the 50 a couple years back. That 55 will probably be broken someday as far as a single season record. But if someone breaks that, who's it going to be? I don't know. Probably... In the NFL, I'm saying someone
3: like Mahomes. I mean, who else could it really? Josh Allen. I mean, the up-and-coming quarterbacks in today. What did Rogers throw last year? Wasn't he in the 40s? 48. 48. So, you know, you have quarterbacks almost getting 50, but defenses are getting wiser now. Coaches are catching on, playing more nickel personnel, spreading the field out more. I don't think anyone really is going to touch that
1: record, barring just a tremendous historical-type season. I remember when Peyton Manning broke Dan Marino's record marino held the record for since 84 and i think it was oh it was either 03 or 04 peyton broke it in indy going from uh 48 to 49 touchdowns all right he broke it by one brandon stokely caught the the touchdown that broke the record and then of course who comes along and breaks that record tom brady with 50 in 07 and then peyton got it back that was one of the most satisfying things in my opinion all right in his four-year reign is he got back that record that Tom took from.
3: Yeah. I don't want the, the uh, discussion to go too off track here, but I'm going to say this, not because I cover the team, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, he can get close to 50 this year. That's my prediction. He is going to have just a MVP type season and that offense is loaded. So he might not shatter the record, but there's going to be quarterbacks that are going to approach 50, crack 50. And I think Dak could be one of those guys this coming season.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that's, that's a tall drink of water, right? That's a tall task, getting to 50. I'm with you, though. I mean, if if Dak, I guess all and it looks like he's pretty well healed up, right? Yeah, he's 100%
3: ready to go. And just the weapons around him, Chad. I mean, he was on pace last year to shatter the yardage record by like 1,000 yards. So
1: if everything clicks this year, I can see him approaching 50 touchdowns. As I was doing the research, though, just dialing it back to Peyton for just a second here, on that 2013 season. I was reminded that not only were they prolific as a you know passing attack, I mean, that was the tip of the spear for the whole team in 2013, but they the reason they ended up with 606 points, the reason they were just such an unstoppable force, they also fielded a top 15 rushing attack. That was Sean Moreno's loan. I think it was his loan. I think he only ended up with 1,000-yard campaign in his career. That was it. He got close as a rookie but came up just shy – A little bit injured, I think, the last couple games his rookie year. But that Broncos offense, man, it feels like yesterday, but at the same time, 2013, dude, it feels like generations in the past because it's been pretty inept. I mean, even dating back to 2015, the Super Bowl year, that offense was a little cringy here and there. I mean, anything pre-2020 feels like a lifetime
3: ago, but 2013, certainly in NFL years, feels like eons ago. And that's what I'm saying. I just hope the Broncos, regardless of who's the quarterback, is going to be this coming season or in the seasons to come, I just want them to get back to that level where they produce these type of historical seasons that we end up talking about a few years later. I just want to see them go back to prosperity like they have been in years past.
1: Shout out Cobra Commander. What's up, buddy? He's saying, let's go Broncos. Uh, Here is to hoping the best quarterback wins the battle. Hashtag let him hate. Yeah, buddy. We'll be talking about that here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about the latest on the quarterback front. We'll be talking about Kareem Jackson's uh, bombshell, I guess. I mean, who knows how much of a needle that's going to be able to to move ultimately. But hopefully you guys read Zach's article today at myhighhuddle.com. Kareem Jackson spilled some pretty interesting beans. Maybe not like a whole ton of new information, because he had said before, well, I guess all we really had Kareem Zach on record as saying, we'll get to the whole story here in a minute, but I think the only thing we had him on record as saying is that he was going to try and work his magic and try and get Deshaun to want to come here. And then, of course, today he comes out with the uh, whole nine yards that he wants to. We'll, we'll dive into the details, but I guess that is newsworthy, right? Of course, anything with a quarterback, anything with Deshaun Watson, anything with a Broncos
3: player, talking about a quarterback named Deshaun Watson, we have to get into. If I'm Drew Locke, I'm not appreciating these comments too much, but it's interesting what he came out and said uh, on that Aqib Talib podcast, by the way. Catching Fades podcast, check it out. Crazy to see Aqib doing what we're doing behind the mic here, but I thought it was a great job, and I like seeing
1: Kareem on there. Yeah. Dude, you put a microphone and a camera on a keep to leave and entertainment ensues, you know, he's just a, he's a, he's a dynamic, dynamic dude. Uh, lots to get to real quick because he got in early. I want to grab this super chat from max from across the pond, uh, dropping a five pound, I think, or is that Euro? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I confused the European monetary uh, symbols. Appreciate you, Max. He says, I wonder how long Chad and Zach will be using locks blister if it even exists as an excuse for his poor performances in camp so far. Uh, Emoji, emoji. Uh, I'm going
3: to just say this real quick because this is a non-story now. It was the other day. It doesn't excuse performances, plural. I, I think it contributed, not excused, him throwing those picks the other day. And even if he didn't have the picks, Interceptions aren't great, but again, it's OTAs. Again, voluntary practices. Again, it's June. Not putting too much stock into it. And Max Power, I would tell you the same thing if he threw five touchdowns in that practice. Wake me up in September. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't remember using it as an excuse. But, hey, man, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. So, if I'm wrong on that, call me up. All right, guys, we got a lot to get to. We are super stoked tonight to welcome on to the show Dale... I'm trying to remember, Rudd? No, Rude. Rude? Rude. Yep, Dale Rude, superstar. Stoked to talk with him here in just a few moments. We're going to dive deeper into the Kareem Jackson story and the events of today. We got to hear from Vaughn Miller. We got to hear from Brandon McManus. We'll get to all that here in just a moment. First, quick matters of business. Make sure you are connected with us on social media, starting with Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Give us a follow over there. At Mile High Huddle, that's the main account. If you have those two accounts followed, you won't miss anything. My partner in crime, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And our great producer, Buona Beast on Twitter, at John K. MHH. So many of you have flocked over and have heeded our call to action to like and follow our, our still brand new Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. Keep doing that. Keep flocking over there. We need you guys to help us grow that page. I mean, we're not expecting to turn it into 100,000 followers like our Mile High Huddle page on Facebook, but we need as many of you listening over there as possible. Make sure you're liking and following the page because we have some big plans. So open up the the app, search Huddle Up Podcast, easy to find, or navigate on the browser facebook.com slash Pod. We'll give away a little piece of swag each and every week until we get where we need to be. We'll announce the winner of this week's. As long as you're liking and following that page, uh, for the Huddle Up podcast on Facebook, you're automatically entered into our random drawings each and every week for a little piece of MHH swag. Also, guys, check out the main Mile High Huddle Facebook page and click the big blue button <clears throat> to become a supporter if you want access to our VIP premium video content, which starts with Kelberman's Corner. It's every Sunday at noon, plus the Trickle Zone Saturday at noon. And then I'll be rolling out something myself here very, very soon. Another way to support what we're doing here, and it also gets you access to some additional content that only the supporters get. Merch store, guys, you know the drill. HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat like this. Get a T-shirt. We got the brand-new Football Priest tee that's up and been moving like hotcakes. Appreciate you guys supporting us on that. And if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. For real. We're just stoked to have you with us. Just make sure you're subscribed. Like this video. If you are on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, even if you only are with us for a minute or two, make sure you like it before you dip on out. You guys have no idea how much that can help us continue to grow and reach the Broncos fans out there who aren't aware that this community exists. And then listen, if you think we're doing a good job or at the very least you respect the effort, we ask humbly that you share this video on your social media, help us continue to grow and reach those like-minded Broncos fans just like you.
4: Paid for by America First Legal. All right, guys. Without further ado, let's bring on another one of the
1: myths and legends in our community, Dale Root. Dale, what's going on, dude? Welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us, my friend. How are you doing?
5: Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good, Chad. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you guys. It's uh, an honor to be in your presence, just so to speak.
3: <laughs> Dale, <laughs> rep the jersey. Hard? It's First an honor for us, bro. Very timely, rocking the Peyton Manning jersey. I mean, we're so happy to have you on, Dale, and you've certainly earned this spot. Uh, but we're going to jump right into it. We always talk about – we're going to talk about – we're going to go back to our, our roots here. Tell us about the beginning, how you became a Broncos fan, You know your formative years with the team, and has been your peak memory in your fandom and your least favorite memory in your fandom.
5: Uh, I Today with Peyton going into the ring of fame, it's very appropriate because – Growing up, I was always a fan of more of players individually than actual teams. Uh, grew up in the 80s. So Jerry Rice, I mean, it's like a god to me. So I followed Rice. And then when Peyton came onto the scene, I was like, "God, oh, this guy's special. They just changed the whole way quarterbacks play the game, I think. So I started following Peyton. So then when he got traded or signed, I guess, he didn't get traded. He got signed with uh, the Broncos. I started following the Broncos. Uh, amazing five years that he was there four years five years that he was there and once he left uh, there was just something special about the broncos uh the team the atmosphere that i was you know getting a vibe from and it just stuck with me and i've been a fan ever since
1: that's cool that's cool um Speaking of Peyton Manning, as we celebrate the fact that, you know, he's going into the Hall of Fame this year and the Broncos Ring of Fame. He's already in the Colts Ring of Fame. They inducted him back in 2017. What's your, what's your you know, pinnacle moment with Peyton? Was it Super Bowl 50? I mean, that game ended up being more about the defense. And as far as the storylines go, maybe that was it. But what was your pinnacle moment, best memory with Peyton?
5: You know, he's done so many great things. But I think honestly when he came back and took over for Osweiler in the Chargers game and led them back is at that point, obviously he was like a shadow of his previous self. I mean, you just didn't the physical wasn't there anymore. But the mental is so good still, and just the the energy that he brings to his teammates and stuff, to me that was probably the highlight. And there's there's so many, but I don't want to pick something obvious like, you know, his fifty-five touchdowns, his, you know over 5,000 yards, these records that he owns. To me, it was those key type of moments. So I think definitely taking over that Chargers game.
1: I get still goosebumps real quick, Zach. You take over, but I just wanted to say I still get goosebumps sometimes when I think about him taking the field in that game in the second half, coming out of halftime, Broncos behind the eight ball. He doesn't do anything fancy except just pull the card of that Chargers defense every time they lined up, oh, run left, audible check check we're running right boom first down let him down anyway as you were Zach
3: no I just uh before we move forward I'm kind of a morbid SOB I just want to know Dale what has been you know just the memory that's keeping you up at night as a Broncos fan was it Peyton walking away was it the the you know the the circle of quarterbacks that have tried to replace him since then what's the memory that is not so uh you know enjoyable in your mind
5: yeah I've been thinking about this because I knew this question was going to (laughs) come And I go back to Super Bowl 48, and which was just a disaster, right? But I remember thinking, watching that game, all the way till the second half kickoff, when the Broncos kicked to Percy Harvins and he returned it for a touchdown. It was at that point that I knew this game is over. Their offense was so good that year that I, I believe they could have came back and won that game. But once that happened, it was lights out for me. I was like, this game is over. So that was probably the worst thing but lately, just the divisiveness in Broncos country over the quarterback situation and Drew Locke, I was lucky enough a couple of years ago to go to a Broncos game. It was Case Keenum. It was a home game against uh, the Rams. It's the first Bronc- or NFL game I've ever been to, any professional sporting event I've ever been to. And the energy of being in a stage and just total random strangers turning around and high-fiving you, even though we lost that game, that whole experience and the camaraderie of – of Broncos country was just, I mean, it just hit me right here. And now to watch the, just the division in Broncos country, it's just, I don't know this, this is probably my worst memory right now. This, I just want to get whoever the quarterback is. I want that situation fixed so that Bron. could get back out?
1: Zach, just real quick at the very I end there. Did you see Dale right freeze up or was that just on yeah, a little bit? Okay. No worries. Dale, Speaking of, first of all, I got a real quick, and then I got a real question. So, being that you were super stoked on Jerry Rice growing up, mm-hmm. d- did that predate when he came to the Broncos in 2005? He never ended up playing long enough to even make the 53, but he was there for training camp 2005. Do you remember that?
5: Uh, that was a very brief thing. Like I said, did that the team
1: didn't
5: play at all? Did he? I don't remember no, it, that. He
1: didn't even make it. He retired at the end of the summer.
5: Um, I do kind of remember that,
1: uh, I think
5: for me watching rice go to the Raiders, that was devastating to me. And that was like way before, you know, I was really following the Broncos. I was more following the 49ers than just even, you know, uh, the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders at that time and the San Francisco 49ers had a huge rivalry and watching him go from the 49ers to the Raiders was like, dude, really you're, you're going to go play for them. So that was
2: hard.
1: All right. Here's my real question on the topic of the quarterback situation. You're right. We are, we're living in a very divisive time. Emotions are running high. You know, um, people are kind of dug in on their positions one way or another locked arrangement syndrome is a thing. How do you see, what's the way out of this? I mean, how do Broncos fans get reunified? Does it just take one of these quarterbacks settling the issue not only winning the job, but going on to winning some ball games. I mean, is that ultimately what's going to silence or not silence, but bring everybody back together?
5: Uh, Yeah. As they say, winning cures everything. So I think if, if Denver goes out, whether it's Bridgewater or I personally think Locke will be starting next year, they go out and they win games. And I think that all starts to change. Um, There'll probably be some excuse from the uh, LDS people over Locke if he does win the first couple of games. I just – I see it happening. But as the winning goes on, that will definitely start to cure it.
3: Dale, you know, I, I, you are a Locke guy. I don't want to call you a druther, but I got this – we got this question the other day that got me thinking, give us your record prediction for the Broncos with Locke under center and with Bridgewater under center. I'm interested to see if there's a deviation in win total for you. It's uh, a good question. For me, I think I, – I got a – think
5: that a lot of Broncos fans fail to realize how close Denver was in so many games last year. I think Locke lost six games that were by one score. I think Denver lost 11 last year that were only by one score. So the team was really close to winning anyways. Um, so to me, it comes back more to coaching. Um, I think a good coach, regardless of your players, a good coach puts people in the right position to win. Uh, that being said, I think either of these people, either Bridgewater or Locke, uh, I think we're, we're an 11-12 win team next year. I really think we can do it. Um, there's so much talent on this team. And the offense was so young last year and so inexperienced. And I, it's another thing I just don't think people really stop to think about. Um, you know, you bring back Cortland Sutton, and now you have not only Cortland Sutton doing what he does, but that's going to free up people like uh, KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy. They're going to be moved down the line a little bit. So they're not going to have a number one corner on Jerry Judy. So those guys should all produce better too. It's just going to be a ripple effect. and I think it's going to be a really good offense next year. Coaching. It
1: depends on the coaching. Coaching, coach, coaching. All right. Last all right, one I'll for you, up. Dale, and then we'll cut you loose again. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time tonight. So if you had to pick, Four guys for your all-time Denver Broncos Mount Rushmore, whose faces are etched up on that that hill.
5: So that's a tough question because I have only been really following Denver since Peyton Manning came in. Um, but obviously, I got to put Peyton up there. I mean, he's he's number one. Um, Demarius Thomas, I really I think he was great. Towards the end, I was starting to have some issues with just Chris Harris Jr. and his, I don't know, divisiveness with the Broncos. But again, undrafted, comes in, does what he is. I think I'd put him up there. I want to pick somebody other than, like, to lead because You know, maybe Justin Simmons. I, I mean, I know he's only been in three or four years, but I, this dude's going to be amazing. Uh, I saw the potential in him the first year he was playing. I'm like, this guy's going to be special, and I think he's going to be elite. I mean, he could be Hall of Fame. We'll see, but, Yeah.
1: I think that's interesting because, Zach, if you erase and pretend Denver Broncos history started in 2012, just as an example, Justin Simmons, I mean, it wouldn't be too far of a cry to say he would be up there on the Mount Rushmore. You know, he's been to a pro bowl, been to, he's been an all pro Um, but very interesting stuff. Dale, thank you so much again, man, for not only spending some time with us here tonight and moving your schedule around to be here, but all your support, ongoing over the years, not just helping us keep the lights on, but contributing to the conversation in our chat, helping us in our community, on Twitter as well. It's been really cool to engage with you on Twitter. So thank you so much, my friend, and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you here soon. We'll hopefully try and get you back on the show uh, before we get back to the football grind to where we might not be able to do superstar segments quite as often. Um, But make sure you're following Dale on Twitter at, as you can see on screen, indebted Nineteen indebted 19. Dale Roode in the house. Dale, you demand. Have a good night, bro. Give our best to your family. We'll talk to you soon.
5: I uh, appreciate it, guys. Now if I go back, I would say I'd probably pull Chris Harris off that wall and throw Champ Bailey up there. So all I'll right that one champ's
1: up there instead. So appreciate it guys. At, Thank you. Out of boy. Thanks, Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. there he goes that's dale rude great guy fun talking to him and you know he's another great example of zach you know there was that short period i want to say from 13 through 15 where technically the denver broncos overtook the dallas cowboys as quote unquote america's team based on polling right based on making a phone call asking americans who's your team Denver Broncos rose to the surface above all other comers, including Dallas because of Peyton Manning, you know, just the profile, you know, he brought the team back to prominence after some I mean, Tebow mania, that was fun. 2011 was a fun year and the Broncos definitely got shoved into the limelight. Maybe a little too soon. There was still maybe a little too many warts on the team at that particular juncture, but it primed them for Peyton showing up and then just rocketing this team into the stratosphere. And it's just really cool to hear how many fans Peyton Manning himself wove into Broncos country by virtue of signing here. Yeah, I was going to say there's only a
3: handful of players that are so transcendent that they can draw fan bases on their own. You know, Tim Tebow, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Uh, Those are top of my head and the Colts lost a lot of fans when Peyton Manning left Indianapolis and the Broncos did gain a bunch of really diehard fans that have lasted like Dale through his tenure and through the bad years until today. So I like, I like talking to Dale a lot. That perspective was very sensible, very realistic, and I appreciated
1: it. All right. I want to catch up on a few supers real quick. And then I want to get to, I want to really deep dive on Kareem Jackson, Uh, Dale Hendricks. Thank you for the super chat and your support, my friend. He says, if there's no interceptions in practice, they're not trying hard enough or training hard enough. Let them hate. I've actually had coaches say similar things to me like that in the past about how seriously do you take quarterback uh, interceptions in, you know, practice training camp OTAs. Do you love them? No, you don't, you you don't want to see them happen. But I think in fact, last night on billing the Broncos, Nick did a good job of explaining how interceptions sometimes happen and Sometimes, too, Zach. I mean, it's just the defense making a dang good play on the ball, you know, and this is a, a stacked defense. But nevertheless, it's true. You want them during practice testing the boundaries mm-hmm. of the scheme, testing the limits of, you know, what they can do within the scheme. BG in the house with a very generous super. Love you, bro. I, I'm confused. I thought Drew Locke was the only quarterback
3: who ever threw picks. I, he was the only one who committed turnovers. And they are part of practice. They are part of the game. Is that not what is pra- practice is for? I mean, to get the kinks out, to work out the flaws before uh, the real-life stuff starts happening, when the it's not an audition anymore, when the play and the curtain is rising, that's when you want Locke to be on his best efforts. And I want these picks to be thrown on June 7th, not on October 7th. So I'm not worried at all what he's doing right now. And I'll say this, in the interest of fairness, so I'm not labeled anything, if Teddy Bridgewater threw three picks, I wouldn't care on June 7th. Again, wake me up
1: in a couple months. BG, for real, dude. Thank you for uh, your support as always, my friend. Great to have you in the chat. Hope you're doing well, brother. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, the uh, people keep asking me how seriously um, they should take what's happening right now in OTAs between Locke and Teddy, and it's not that you di- completely dismiss it. I'm not going to be, you know, uh, that extreme, but it's like, you know, my wife. She's big into jigsaw puzzles. She loves doing. them. And anytime she brings a new one home, I'm like, oh, here we go. Cause once she starts, she can't stop till this thing's done. And it's it's like, you know, this is all part of each day is a piece of the puzzle. And right now you've got how many days of eleven on eleven? Three. So you got a four hundred piece jigsaw set. All right. You don't know what the picture is because you, you didn't look at the cover, but you've got three pieces and you're trying to divine what the full picture is off three pieces, you're not going to be able to do it accurately. You're just not. You might get lucky and make the you know right guess every once in a blue moon, but that's the best way to look at this. We need more of the pieces to fall in line so that we can get a real feel for which way this thing's going. And we won't really have those enough pieces in place, Zach, until you get to probably the preseason. That's when we'll really kind of have a good idea of exactly where this thing stands. But even in the regular season, how much does practice really amount to? The Broncos had a head coach not too long
3: ago that would just put all his faith in practice. The Broncos had a great week of practice. The Broncos had a great Wednesday practice. How often did that translate over on Sundays? Very rarely. So if they look great in practice, that's fine. It's encouraging, but it stops when kickoff on Sunday starts. That's a whole different animal. So what happens in June is not going to matter in September going into the regular season and through the regular season. Let them get the mistakes out now. But I urge everyone out there, trust your own instincts, trust your own eyes, trust your own brain, but don't overreact one way or the other, good or bad. Just keep an even keel for a couple more months. That's
1: all I'm saying. If you go with your gut, you'll be right nine times out of ten. Doesn't mean it you know, can replace a crystal ball, but go with your gut. Ed Keating, what's up, bro? Good to see you. Proudly, proudly rocking his Let Him Hate t-shirt in his profile pic. Appreciate you, brother. He says, congratulations to Peyton Manning. Deshaun Watson is still not coming to Denver. The haters are just getting silly. Locked Arrangement Syndrome is all too real. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Hashtag lock 21. Let them hate Denver Broncos for life. State of being. Yeah, it's a real thing, man. It's twisted some people up. And, um, you know, it's also, I'll be honest, Zach. It's also like a good reminder for us to like, hey, you know, check your premises. Make sure you're not swinging one way or the other on the pendulum. We try to be as even killed as we possibly can and, you know, call it like we see it. But guys, this thing's going to take some time. We're not going to have all the answers in the near future. And, look, even if you have your heart set on Teddy Bridgewater or if it's Drew Locke, doesn't matter which one, at the end of the day, you want the best man to win the job, right, the guy that does the best job, and you want that quarterback who does win the job to lead your team to victories. So, for now, that should be – I mean, Dale talked about how divisive things are in the in the fan base right now, and it's very, very true – but that should be the one unifying principle here is all is fans want to come together and see this team succeed. And the shortest path to really the Broncos, what's best for the Broncos would be if Drew Locke ends up winning it. Now that's not why I, I still have a gut feeling that Drew's going to end up winning. I'm not trying to um, you know manifest that destiny out of thin air. But Drew Locke, as an original round pick of this team, premium round pick, a guy that the team has invested, blood, sweat, tears, time, energy, development, the whole nine yards, it's in their best interest that he wins. And if he doesn't win, and Teddy does depose him, it will be a blow to the team. It'll be a blow, and that just means they're going to have to go back to the well next year, but it's way too early, Zach, to say that either way. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. When the
3: offense throws an interception, the defense gets a pick. You can look at it like the quarterback is failing, or you can look at it like the defense is balling out. Because if you want the Broncos to make the playoffs, two things have to happen, you know, aside from their injury health. The defense has to play lights out, and the running game has to be dominant. So far, the defense is forcing turnovers and making uh, the offense's life a living hell, and Javante Williams looks good so far in offseason work. So if would it be a bad thing if they weren't causing these turnovers? By the way, Teddy Bridgewater also threw a pick in practice I, I don't know if you heard about that, guys, but it actually happened. It's not only lock. So the defense is causing more havoc. They're creating more takeaways. Isn't that what we want? Shouldn't Simmons, being the highest-paid safety in the NFL, pick off a quarterback, uh, throwing a wobbly pass in voluntary practices? This is how it works. The defense is always ahead of the offense at this point of the offseason, and the offense is... Uh, new players around them. They're having a quarterback competition now. You know, new starters and not their full complement either. Melvin Gordon's not there. Cortland Sutton's slow to come back from injury. A know a fan's kind of being you know dinged up a little bit. It's a process, guys. But the defense, you want them to look this good right now. You want the interceptions to come in practice because that's the surest path to the Broncos getting back to the playoffs. Is really good defense and a really good running game.
4: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
1: Dale jumping in with a very, very generous super chat. After coming on the show, chipping in with some content, helping us provide some content, some great conversation. And here he is supporting us with a top rope super chat. That's why you're a superstar, Dale. And that's why you're on the MHH Mount Rushmore. So love you, buddy. He says, thanks for letting me hang out with the priests and hang with John for a few minutes. Had a good time. Appreciate all you guys do. Go Broncos. Really do appreciate you, Dale. And Zach, it was – I don't know. I'm not going to be too hyperbolic and say it was heartbreaking, but it was very sad to hear his low light as a Broncos fan is the current environment with fans going at it over Drew Locke and whatnot. Hopefully it's maybe a little bit of a wake-up call because, I mean – that's not what it's. It's not what it should be about. Well, I mean, it's it's a
3: micro issue of what's going on in the country. People are divided into one or two camps, and this quarterback battle is way more divisive and causing uh, much more friction than I can remember in 2016 and 2017 with Simeon versus Paxton Lynch. Even back then, most of Broncos country, if not all the Broncos country. We're galvanized around the fact that the defense is still all-star level. They have good pieces around them and a coaching staff they can believe in. But even now, if you support the wrong quarterback, you're ostracized
1: out of Broncos country. It's wild to me. Wild is a good way to put it. Uh, Real quick, let's grab Drew Hollenbeck. It's been a minute. Love you, buddy. Always a better podcast when you're in the community and the chat. Love you. He says, there are a few guys in the league I think have the talent to hit Manning's 55 touchdowns. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak, but I'll throw in Joe Burrow. And I mean, he has the talent. The rest depends on the organization. Cincy is sketchy at best. Zach, it's going to be interesting to see how his trajectory, Joe Burrow, shakes out in Cincy, especially since they gave him his number one target at LSU. But I'm going to kind of disappoint you a little bit here, Drew. In fact, I was just talking about this privately with a fellow yesterday. I have always been a little bit skeptical of of Joe Burrow. He had that phenomenal all-time season at LSU, won the national title. But to this day, I'm always going to be leery of one-year flashes in the pan. I mean, pick the guy. If it's a one-year flash in the pan, even if you reach the very pinnacle of the level of competition you find yourself in, it just makes me extremely uncomfortable. Extremely uncomfortable. Baker Mayfield, I mean, yeah, he had a unique story getting to Oklahoma, the way that all shook out, but he had two years. Both of them were prolific. Second one, of course, so so prolific he won the Heisman. Mitch Trubisky, one year to write home about at UNC ends up being a top three pick. Doesn't work out so good. I'm just leery of those. I want to say call him a one-year wonder because that almost sounds too dismissive. I mean, his accomplishments that year were monumental. So I don't want to sell that short, but I'm am I'm, I'm not huge on Joe Burrow and I hope I'm wrong because I do want him to succeed and I think Cincinnati deserves to succeed finally with a queue. Yeah, I, I was
3: definitely sharing a brain with you about Burrow entering last season, but watching him before he got hurt, he kind of impressed me. I mean, the guy is tough as nails, hanging in there, getting up after every hit. He he was throwing with anticipation. He was doing things that are way beyond a rookie. But I'm of the mind the Bengals should have drafted Penny Sewell and not a receiver. Protect your quarterback. I mean, they he just suffered a season-ending injury because he wasn't protected. You have a chance to draft a generational tackle and you take a wide receiver. So I hope for his sake he stays healthy. I don't see him approaching 55 touchdowns, though.
1: Uh, John, do you have Excuse me, Dave, and that'll be a nice little uh, leapfrog to the topic I want to get to. In fact, I'll start queuing that up. I just want to actually read his quote, Kareem Jackson's, on the Deshaun Watson front real quick here. Um, Dave, though, jumps in. Love you, Dave. How you doing, man? You doing well? Rocking the Let Him Hate shirt, another proud representation of that little piece of swag. He says, Kareem Jackson needs to worry about the quarterbacks actually on the team. I feel you on one hand, but on the other, he gets asked the question, you know, he answers the question, how much did has he really campaigned? As you guys will see in this quote, real quick, Dave, I'm going to take you off screen just so I can show Zach, everybody this uh, particular quote here, but um, you know, he, for a minute there, Jackson didn't even know if he was going to still be a Bronco. They cut him, right? Uh, here's what he said. Quote, I got a great relationship with Deshaun. This is him talking to Aqib Talib on the Catch and Fades podcast, which is a cool name. That's a cool name. You hear, uh, you know, pick six, uh, first and 10, pile on this, whatever. I've never heard Catch and Fades. So of course, Aqib Talib comes up with a unique name for his podcast. But I got a great relationship with Deshaun, says Kareem. I've been talking to him for the last couple weeks. All he's been telling me is, look, Jack, just tell them that's where I want to be. I want to be in Denver. During the time I was going through my little free agency thing, I ended up signing back here with Denver. Before I signed, he called and he was like, man, are you going to sign? Let me know what you're going to do. Then I signed back and he was like, listen, man, Tell them I want to be in Denver, closed quote. So, how much Kareem Zach really has campaigned? I mean, you got to kind of have some power within the organization, I think, to even make a make a case. I think he has that regard in the in the eyes of the coaches. As far as Vic's concerned, Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel. But is George Payton changing his philosophy on any given issue because of what Kareem Jackson might say or or go to bat for? George Payton's going to take
3: the cues of the guy <clears throat> that he declined his option and brought him back for a reduced salary out on a one-year deal. I don't think so. He doesn't have that much sway in the Broncos front office, nor should he. Listen, they're former teammates. I'm sure they're good friends, but this is a little bit of an embellishment, I think, on Jackson's part here. I think he's trying to keep Deshaun Watson's name in almost a favor in, in the positive news cycle, giving him some positive press. And ultimately, like I wrote on the bottom there, it doesn't matter what Jackson wants, what Watson wants. As long as there's 24 whatever sexual misconduct allegations still up in the air unresolved, it doesn't matter uh, what trade offers come out, trade rumors come out. Those things have to be resolved before Watson can be moved. And even if they do get resolved, there is a good chance he can be suspended under the personal conduct policy for most, if not all, of the season. So Kareem can hope what he wants, but it's not a good look when you have now two quarterbacks battling 50-50. We're in, you know, mini camp now, and you're on a podcast trying your hardest
1: publicly outwardly to lure your former teammate, Denver. Not a great look. Not a great look if you're Teddy Bridgewater in terms of how it comes across or Drew Locke. Michaela jumping in, the Duchess weighing in. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. She says, and by the way, Michaela, you ever want to come on the show? We would love to have you on the show. So you let us know. She says, I want to see actual playing before judging our QBs.
3: Wow, a a perfectly logical and rational take. Michaela, what are you doing on here? Get out of here with that nonsense and that logic.
1: Yeah, it's refreshing when you get a little rationality, right? And, I mean, look, like I said, I think it was Monday. We'll start feeling like here at MHH we have a little bit more, not a little bit, a lot more of an accurate take on exactly what's happening every day because we'll have Luke there in training camp. Uh, But until then, and even then, whatever feedback we're getting from Luke, until we see it out on the grass against opponents, outside opponents, preseason, you know, those three preseason games this year are going to be very crucial both for Drew and Teddy. But real quick, Zach, uh, Michaela, love you. Real quick, I just want, here's the latest update on. Deshaun Watson's legal situation via The Athletic uh, from Aaron Reese. Um, Quote, this is from May 21st, an attorney for the Texans owner, Cal McNair, tried, wait, 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 yeah, all right, tried to uh, mediate. This is the reporting, quote, the personal attorney for Texans owner, Cal McNair, attempted to broker a mediation between the legal team's for Watson and the 22 women suing the QB in civil court on allegations of you-know-what misconduct and you-know-what assault. Sports Illustrated, our mothership, first reported the news Friday with the Texans confirming it to The Athletic. Quote, Mr. McNair was aware that his personal attorney contacted both parties to suggest mediation. Mr. McNair has had no personal involvement in any of those discussions the Houston Texans organization has not had any direct contact with either party. Prior to this goes the report. The Texans only other statement on the matter said the team would stay in close contact with the NFL <clears throat> as it investigated, excuse me, <clears throat> the matter. So Zach, this is the very latest. All right. This was comes, um, uh, May 21st. So getting on to be about three weeks ago, this is still in the wind and the Texans, because they're inching closer to, training camp and then the preseason, the season will be here before you know it. They're doing what they can as um, indirectly to kind of move the needle. If they can get these 22 women to come into a mediation um, session or two and settle for some money out out of court, this can maybe go away in terms of the public um, scrutiny. But Zach, as you mentioned, even if that's how it shakes out and Deshaun Watson peels off a few million bucks to make this go away, The NFL, I mean, that's not an admission of guilt, by the way, but the NFL could still, under its conduct policy, discipline Deshaun Watson. And
3: the law of averages, I'm not making any allegations or accusations one way or the other, but what are the chances here that all of them, every single solitary one is lying? Or what are the chances he's going to be able to pay off every single one of these allegations? I think one of them is going to hold steadfast, maybe for publicity, maybe for more money, maybe because it's what's right. We don't have all the facts here, so I won't speculate. But this is not going to end anytime soon. And even if it does end in the next month, Six weeks, he's still subject to suspension by the NFL, who are conducting their own independent investigation into the allegations. So I don't see Deshaun Watson coming to Denver, regardless of what Kareem
1: Jackson prefers. Uh, real quick. So here's what, uh, additionally, in this report, speaking to the idea that the NFL is not just monitoring this from afar. All right. They have actively launched an investigation into the allegations. Um, ESPN's Mike Greenberg. Asked Commissioner Roger Goodell where the investigation stood. This was April 29th, night of the draft. Quote, we are obviously following that and looking at that ourselves independently. There are important steps that we will be taking as part of our personal conduct policy. Now, that's an interesting line there that we could sit here and interpret. Uh, When we get to that point, we'll certainly make a decision. All right. So that being said, Zach, let me put a pin in that just for a second. Well, actually, let's just close it down. The the NFL, it sounds like to me, this is just me reading between the lines. Randy, love you, buddy. Thank you for your support. This is me reading between the lines. The NFL is waiting for a resolution, whether it's settlement out of court, goes to trial, whatever it ends up happening here. And I think they're planning on taking action because, as you said, it's not one woman. It's not two women. It's not three. It's 22 women. So, it's an obvious—it doesn't prove anything, but it's an empirical um, body of evidence to suggest there's some there there. And also, you have to look at it from a PR perspective.
3: Let's say he's cleared of all these allegations. Let's say he's not suspended. He's cleared to play week one. Do you want to be the team that gives up premium capital to take on Deshaun Watson? Because however you feel about the situation, his name is tainted for the time being. Until his name is cleared, It's tainted. Do you want to be the team that gives up a first round pick and takes on Deshaun Watson? Bring him into your training facilities, your m- massage rooms. I'm not going to get graphic beyond that, but that's a big PR gamble. I
1: don't know what the Broncos and George Payton would be willing to take. Shout out to these superstar senders on Facebook, Gary Leeds Palmer, legendary. I gotta get I'm thinking it's 20 weeks now. He's got a 20 week streak. Claude, what's up? We're gonna grab your question here. Randy, what's up, buddy? Brad Murdoch legendary Travis Tarbox legendary appreciate you guys thank you so much for the support over on Facebook Uh, and speaking of let's grab Claude here he says this is a playoff caliber roster regardless of which QB is under center barring another season marred by injuries all across the board this year's squad has a lot of people excited and has the potential to surprise a lot of people go Broncos Zach you agree I do. I think, again, regardless of Locke
3: with his blister, Teddy Bridgewater throwing two yard dump offs, the talent on offense, the receivers, the running back, even the the revamped offensive line. Then you pair that with the defense and then you pair that with Vic Fangio's supposed genius and Pat Shermer's supposed quarterback whispering. Then you pair that with an easier schedule than last year. All these things add up with a normal season, fans in the stands, no pandemic, blah, blah, blah. They could surprise, and I think they will surprise with a 9-10-11 win season.
1: We got Tony D.A. Dub in the house. It's good to see you, my brother. Really is. Hope Business is uh, picking up for you in L.A. He says, what's up, fellas? Great to catch you guys live. What surprise cut do you see us making? To all the lock haters, it's called practice. Let the game start, Mm. then make the evaluation. Hashtag let them hate. Well said on that second point you got there, Tony. Um, but who could hmm. be relatively surprising dismissal this summer? Is that?
3: Oh, that's a good one. You know, they, they got rid of Deshaun Hamilton. They got rid of Juwan James. Those are two, you know, obvious candidates. I, it, Royce Freeman, that wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, a running back from this stable, Mike Boone, Royce, I don't think Melvin Gordon's getting cut, obviously. You look on defense, who can you really get rid of out of that group? Do you cut Jewel? I mean, you can't cut a linebacker. Who do you who do you really get rid of? Do you cut someone in the secondary? I don't know. I, I don't see anyone getting cut. I think the Broncos roster is what it is right now. They have a really good combination of youthful talent, rookies, and veterans, and
1: I think their roster set as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, offensively, I think the biggest surprise would be saying goodbye maybe to Royce Freeman because, look, if Melvin Gordon – he's pretty close to guaranteed a roster spot. Javante is more guaranteed than even Gordon. And then they paid Mike Boone and he's all I've heard so far is positivity on the Boone front. Again, it's early, it's pieces of the puzzle. So don't jump to conclusions. I don't think so. Clee Josie jewel. I don't think so, man. The, these linebackers Billing the Broncos did a good job kind of breaking this down last night, but th- this linebacker duo kind of took some, some hits. Um, in the court of public opinion last year, but they are much more, they are, uh, what's a good way to put it? They're, they're, the view internally of of Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson is significantly higher than some fans and even national, but even pro football focus who we sometimes, you know, when, when necessary, we kind of have to punch back a little bit at some of their ridiculous stuff, but they ranked them top five, the Broncos linebacker duo. So I don't think Josie Jewell. For me, it's Royce Freeman. Um, John says maybe uh, Deontay Spencer, but I don't think there's going to be any big surprises. And by the way, Michael, I don't see that photo, my friend. I'll, I'll look again, but uh, resend it because if you send us the the photo of your swag, we definitely want to see that and vault it up on on Instagram. <laughs>
3: John also said Sam Martin, and I think that's a really good choice. They audition another punter, and I don't think Tom McMahon. That's also another surprise cut. But who are we kidding? He has immunity from the firing line. Sam Martin, I think, could be on the chopping block. He was decent, but he's not exactly, uh, you know, a Hall of Famer. Jewel, I don't see it happening. And it's this is a really good situation, and it lends credence to my previous point, the Broncos roster being so loaded for a potential playoff run, we can't even have an obvious answer as to who would be a surprise cut, Chad. If we're sitting here and thinking about it long and hard, that's a good problem to have.
1: By the way, Michael, I did just find it. Nice work, buddy. He's rocking the uh, football priest hat, this very hat, and he's rocking the MHH t-shirt like a boss. We will be... uh, Shouting you out on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, gang. Mile High Huddle, easy to find uh, on Instagram. All right, Brad, he appreciates you, bro. He says, congrats to the Greek on his retirement. The Broncos have some big shoes to fill there. Yeah, indeed. It's, the, uh, it's definitely the end of an era, and it's bittersweet, you know, because the show must go on. But Greek's contributions to Denver Broncos canon are legendary.
3: Yeah, I really do. Like I said the, uh, the other night, he's earned every second of his retirement, and I hope he enjoys it. And I thought it's such a nice touch, Chad, renaming the Broncos' workout facility after Greek, and that's, again, very well deserved.
1: All right, let me jump up here because we are at 49 minutes, and we got to be pretty tight here tonight. Uh, Jeremy jumping in, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Good to see you. He says, so my son was born Sunday. <laughs> hey, dude, congrats. That's rad. He says, I know I said I would include him in a trade for Rogers, but I think I'm going to have to take him out of the trade package now. I'm a little too attached. Good evening, guys. Dude, that's so cool. Congrats. What'd you name him? I'm curious. Um, Zach, on the Aaron Rogers front, it was
4: interesting. Of course, we know he didn't show up. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. To OTAs, but then we hear that Jordan
1: Love was stepping on his his you-know-what, not looking like a a second-year first-round pick by any stretch so far. But again, guys, that same principle that we were talking about with Drew and Teddy, where it's pieces of the puzzle, don't jump to conclusions, pertains as well to Jordan Love. First of all, Jeremy, God bless.
3: Congratulations on that. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing that with us and your generosity. Uh, second of all, Jordan Love today, I, I think you're referencing the fact, that he looked amazing in practice, but again, it's practice. And I don't think Brian Gutekunst or Matt LaFleur in Green Bay are saying, you know what? We don't need Aaron. He can kick rocks because we have Jordan Love now who look good after one practice. It really doesn't mean anything right now. And I think other, if you look around the NFL, if you read the room for these other teams and these other comments, you would see the same thing. All right.
1: Um, real quick, I am Supreme, who's been a longtime listener and loyal supporter, superstar. says, what has Locke done to deserve such fierce loyalty? He should be dominating this competition, yet he's getting outplayed. His in-game stats are worst in the league. He's borderline injury prone. Hashtag Facts um, fierce loyalty, I mean, I don't think it's so much a matter of loyalty, Supreme. I think it's just a matter of perspective. Like, even the the words you put here are dripping with vitriol. You might not be able to sense it, dude, but they are. Like, you're hot on this. You're hot. I don't know why, but look, dude, he's uh, – people are saying uh, who – I'm trying to remember who I was on Twitter today about Locke's um, – processing speed is what's in question, right? Because already early on in OTA, he's mm-hmm. holding the ball too long, and that's half his problem. That's what, you know, it's why he's throwing the picks. He's giving the defense too much time to get where they need to be. Um, oh, yeah, and it, look, guys, it doesn't take rocket science. You don't have to be Bill Belichick to turn on the tape and see that especially early in the season last year, the first half of the season, Drew was a lot slower developing through his progress, uh, progressions than you want to see. Steadied out, improved significantly down the stretch, but no one wants to talk about that, all right? But still, even if let's say his whole season was just replete with game after game of slow processing, Zach, what do you really expect? It's called a quarterback developing. Not only that, but in a season in which he had to learn a new system without practice, no OTAs, no preseason, a weird freaking training camp, The injury to himself, the injury to his neck. We could go through the whole list. What did you really expect? Peyton Manning in his prime? I mean, is that what you were expecting, my dog? So I'm just saying, dude, um, fierce loyalty. I don't perceive it, Zach, as some kind of a loyalty thing. It really is to me. It's just a matter of, look, the kid has shown some promise. He's shown some upside. There is some there there. Let's, let's, Let's see if the Broncos can nurse him through this learning curve and get that promise promises shown in flashes into a stable, consistent body of work. Well,
3: you hit on a lot of the points that I was going to make, Chad, and the only thing that jumps out to me here is why should he be dominating this competition? Why is it such a flat-out fact that he should be winning handily when he has, what, 19 games of NFL experience, and Teddy Bridgewater has 49 starts of NFL experience working with some of the best offensive minds in the NFL, including Sean Payton. Why is it such a a, a foregone conclusion Locke should be battling and winning that handily if he's still the young quarterback? Uh, he had a, a marred season last year. He had five games experience last year. Teddy Bridgewater is supposed to be the veteran guy. He's supposed to be the adult in the room who takes care of the football and plays a clean game. So that's why the Broncos brought him in. If you're hanging your hat on Teddy Bridgewater, what did it say about him if Locke should be able to dominate him? So these points that people make, they go so far out of their way to slam Locke and ridicule Locke and criticize Locke. They
1: end up contradicting themselves, and we see it here. All right, real quick, John and Zach, we got a rapid fire. These great superstars who've been waiting patiently, but we've got Calvin here, and then it jumps for me to Cody, and Cody is is um Cody was at six fifty four, and in between, excuse me, we've got uh, Christoval. We got uh, Samaki, Samaki, Samaki uh, Andre, Drew again, Naj, Tom El Greco, and that would kind of get us going. So, Calvin, what's up, dude? How you doing, my friend? Great to see you. Appreciate you, bro. He says, bring on Watson. I'm tired of mediocre wannabe QBs who can't read defenses. Dancing and swag don't win games. Peyton had no rhythm. That was for dang sure. When you see him trying to do a rocky top it during uh, Broncos training camp, it's pretty cringe. Uh, but he could shred a defense. Yeah, so, hey, man, you want Deshaun? You think that's going to solve all the problems? I don't blame you. I mean, the last five years have been difficult. I don't blame you. I mean, if that's what you want to see, just don't get your hopes up, man. Many a obstacle to overcome before that even can become semi a reality. I mean, how could you blame him? Deshaun Watson solved all of Houston's problems, so why shouldn't he solve
3: Denver's problems? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they went, what, four and 12 last year? They won four games and he won the NFL's passing title. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's in George Payton's fabric to trade for a player with 22 open and ongoing
1: sexual misconduct allegations. Just my opinion. Christopher, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Thank you. Welcome. Connect with us on Twitter, all right, so that we can shout you out after the show and keep the conversation going. He says, "I'm tired of all these fake Bronco fans. I feel, um, I don't know if you can feel all the ones being negative are the ones that became Broncos fans once Manning became a Bronco." And he's predicting thirteen and four is that? No, here's here's the
3: Broncos fans, the the ones that are being negative and the ones that are dumping on Locke are the ones going to be praising him when or if he breaks out and starts playing well. It's it's. Dale hit the nail on the head with what he said, and I'll leave it at that. Winning cures all. It doesn't matter who's quarterback in the team when you're winning, nothing else matters.
1: And honestly, you know, for those of you whose heart goes out to Drew that he's getting this much kind of hate and vitriol from the the very fans that he expected to be kind of cheering him on in Denver. Look, dude, you want to silence that and get him back on your side? You got to pay the bills. You got to produce. You know, potential doesn't pay the mortgage all right so hopefully this is i mean because we already know dude this is it for drew i mean we don't know but we can surmise with our experience in the nfl zach this is it for drew and so hopefully he can not only win the job but go on to win some games and if he does that the people that are off the train now and even maybe slightly deranged they'll come back to the table i i have no doubt of that you're i mean you dale's right you're right winning does cure all uh jeremy again thanks bro he says, I think Locke gets all the hate because he did so well his rookie year. Got everyone so hopeful. Everyone was talking 10 to 12 wins. He played at a lower level last year, and it was hard on fans. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Honestly, Jeremy, you're hitting on something here. It's not just that, though. I think it's partly uh, equal parts, I should say. This, what you're mentioning, all right, the letdown from, you know, being so getting their hopes up to – the previous three, four years of not just QB ineptitude, but like some real cringe, bad, I mean, amongst the league's worst NFL quarterback play on a carousel, one after the other after they, I mean, they couldn't figure it out. And then just overall, when a guy's out there shucking and jiving and and dancing and rapping on the sideline, it's like we've talked about on this podcast before. I don't see anything wrong with it. It's whatever, Rubs some people the wrong way, but if you're going to do it, it's got to come out on the wash, you know. You got to be producing on the field, or else you get that blowback. So right now, fans are are dancing on the grave, kicking kicking the dude while he's down, and a lot of media too, because he's made himself that easy target. He
3: has, and 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 a, you know, a chunk of it is definitely on his own volition—the turnovers, the inaccuracy, the inconsistent play—but us also uh, the expectations, like uh, that question posited, and also the fact that the Broncos have failed with so many quarterbacks that Locke is being blamed for the failures of Paxton Lynch, the failures of Brock Osweiler, Case Keenan, Joe Flacco. He's drawing the contempt for that. But what about the coaching here? I mean, 2019 Locke's first season, they went four and one and they closed out his year on that kind of note. They come back and they replace the coaching staff and everything takes a downturn. So the question there, and I know Jeremy wasn't you know, intending to frame it that way, but no one ever talks about how the coaching failed Locke last year. The coaching failed the Broncos last year. It was a collective failure, not one person or one player.
1: I'm just going to say, Sam, what's up, Sam? Thanks for the super chat. He says, we just got in here. What's the talk about Deshaun Watson? Kareem Jackson joined Aqib Talib's podcast and said that Uh, Deshaun wants to come here and that he's been telling Kareem to tell the Broncos, come get me. I want to be in Denver. That's, that's the cliff notes. Uh, The full depth, go read Zach's article, milehuddle.com, and you can get the full deets, my friend. We've already crossed that bridge though. Thank you for the support. Samaki. Appreciate it. Samaki. Samaki. I need my syntax interpreter. I'd be lost uh, adrift in this ocean of um, trying to understand texts and stuff like that without zach andre what's up dude thank you for the super chat swiss is that that swiss wow cool man hi guys swiss broncos fan here you guys doing great been watching you since 2018 that's rad thank you andre hats off keep it up love the content go broncos see positive right because the swiss are always neutral so (laughs) hey we need a little neutrality right now right thanks andre I like your cheese. Thank
3: you, Andre. And uh, if you have a question, feel free to to drop it in while we're still on here. Thank you.
1: Um, All right. Um, Let's see real quick, John, while you're getting queued up Drew and Naj again, um, I'll get, I'll have Cody ready to go. Drew, love you, bro. He says picks in practice are just opportunities to grow. No matter the quarterback. So whether it's Teddy or Drew, Locke is still developing and this is the do or die year. I believe he can put it together. All excellent points. There's nothing that you said there that I could pick apart in any way, shape, or form.
4: You know, just go ahead. Sorry,
1: sorry,
3: Chad. I just want to add that it's also. I want to say this to your previous point too. It's also a do or die year for not just Locke, but Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, Mike Shula, the coaching staff. This is a big
1: uh, crossroads type season for the Denver Broncos. Cody Potter, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Love that Cody. You know, is listening to every single show uh, that we do here, Mile High Huddle seven nights a week, contributing, supporting each show. So we see you, Cody. We appreciate you. You are an OG. And if you ever want to come on the show, I mean, you've been an OG for a long time. Here's our official invite we're extending to you. If you want to come on the show, let us have a superstar segment with you. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We'll set it up. Appreciate it. He says, will we make a decision on a quarterback before the preseason? Isn't the preseason week two now the dress rehearsal so that they couldn't really split the games, right? You couldn't go two and two. Let them hate. That's a good question. I don't think we have a definitive answer on which game is going to be the dress rehearsal with a three slate, three game slate of preseason. Um, but no, I don't think so. Vic Fangio has already said that the preseason is is the soonest they'll have a decision. Now that could change if, like, Drew completely unraveled or Teddy completely unraveled. That could change, but I doubt it's going to happen.
3: I think the only way it would change between now and the preseason if one of them gets injured. Because how do you make a decision without seeing them in real-life game action, even if it is exhibition? So the answer, I don't think so.
1: Yo, Eclipse Stormborn, back oh. from the dormants. No, I said it wrong. Dormant C. Dude, we've missed you. Seriously. I, it's great to be able to stay in touch with you and see what you're up to on Facebook and all that stuff. We're connected on Facebook. So I don't feel like I've been totally disconnected from Troy. But, hey, man, great to have you back, my friend. Hope you're doing well. He's uh, loyal. He's rocking the football priest hat in his T-shirt or in his uh, profile pic. Appreciate you, dog. He says, and hope the family's doing well. He says, happy hump day, priest and Broncos fam. Ben MIA, so I had to check in. Peace and love from Philly. MHH for life. MHHUN. I think he coined that, right, John, the MHHUN? Congratulations to you and your wife, Chad. Hey, Troy, appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. One of the biggest Broncos fans in Philly. One of the coolest
3: Broncos fans that we know. Thank you for coming back onto our show, uh, Troy, and uh, patronizing us. We appreciate you so, so much. Real quick, want to take this comment real quick. I like my steak medium, so keep that in mind down the road. Come January. See you then, Cloud9.
1: Hold on, what does it say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Put it back on. If Locke is our starter, we will not make the playoffs. Zach, I'll bet oh. you 150. Dude, that's Ruth's Chris, baby.
3: No, we're going to Elways, and Ooh, I like yeah. I like extra A one cloud nine. So keep that in mind.
1: All right, very good, um, John. Do you also keep an eye out if you can find Naj? We need Naj um, that I don't have access to. But TD Randall is that Terry? I don't think so. And that's a different spelling. What's up, dude? Good to see you, buddy. Uh, TD, welcome. I don't think I've ever seen you on Super Chat, so appreciate that. Connect on Twitter. Off work early, just wanted to show some – oh, that's, that's – that's Tyler. It's Tyler. Hello. Uh, just wanted to show some love. You changed that, dude. Syntax, man. I'm an old man. I'm older than I look, my dog. You, you can't throw me through these loops like this, okay? Um, keep up the great work, MHH for life. Tyler, love you, bro. What's going on? How you been? Let us know. I like the name change personally, TD Randall. Sounds official. It does. Um, it does fit. It does fit. Tyler, appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. Um, all right. Let me see here where we're at. I I got to get going here very, very soon. Um, so let me just do a quick check on the back end here. Aside from Naj, and if we need to, John, I can do the, the old reverse engineer on Naj. Um, we got another one from Dave, Tom, Kane, and then we're out. Oh, and we got one from, uh, no, there's quite a few more. Hold up, hold up. Tom, multiple from Tom, Meek, Ren, BNS, I am Supreme, Dave again, and Kane. And then we're, we're good to go. Naj, there he is. What's up, brother? Good to see you. Thank you for the support. He says, Hey, brothers, the interceptions are a non issue in my opinion. Defense gets paid also. What concerns me is the report about Locke's second guessing and tentativeness. I think it's on the coaches to lift him up and quick. Thoughts? Yeah, the coaches are under the gun on this. Like the onus is on them. Um, not to say that takes it off Drew. I mean, Drew is responsible for his own play, but the coaches, you know, they're, they got to kind of, if he's having any issues there and I'm not jumping to any conclusions on this guys off of three practices again, I'm really not going to do, I can't do it. I've been burned too many times in the past, both in a good way, you know, seeing things and, and reading too much into it and then being burned and the opposite, you know, thinking this guy's crappy because of a two or three OTAs and then. You know, they go on to crush it in the season. But nevertheless, Zach, your answer for Naj. Oh, Naj, I appreciate you. And listen, I understand what you're saying, and I and I understand you
3: want to be tentative and apprehensive about locks second guessing, reported second guessing. Again, this is all secondhand information being passed through sources that have their own agenda. So be careful of where you get that information from. But at least let us get to the Broncos' joint practice with the Vikings when he's going up against another team and the Broncos' semi-game plan, even a little bit for that session or even the first preseason game. Let's let the live bullets fly for a few minutes and they'll make a
1: determination on how tentative or second-guessing Locke really is. And for what it's worth, Fangio disagreed with that notion on Monday. He was asked, didn't it look like the drill was being a little hesitant? He said, no, not really. I don't see it. But Fangio's you know he's an even killed guy. he's one of those not going to knee jerk even if he did see something like that he's not ju- he's not gonna reach any kind of conclusion on it because it's too early. So wait a little while longer just wait a little while longer. Don't worry about it yet, Naj. all right uh, Tom, what's up dude up in Canada? love you buddy. John he's got several so I'm gonna read them in succession okay uh, from the back end because I'm out of, almost at time. When are the Vikings coming to training camp? any idea guys? they're not coming. Denver's going to Minnesota, and that's going to be uh, the second week of August. August 14th is the game, so it's going to be that week leading up to August 14th, which is a Saturday. And then um, he also had to say, uh, if Locke doesn't start this season, then we'll have CDS, Coach Derangement Syndrome, guys. (laughs) Let him hate. Very good, very good. And then one more from Tom. He said, I am supreme (sighs) – I don't know. He said he's a recreational Broncos fan. Really on locked arrangement syndrome. We'll get to I am supreme. Um, yeah. Well, no, it's fine. We can throw it up, John. If you have him, throw throw him up next. If you got him, let's let's just get it out of the. You know, let's give up the ghost. Let's exercise the demon. Let's let's cleanse the palate. Let's get it out there. Um, but Tom, you're the man, dude. Thank you so much. Three supers. You the man. Thank you. While John's getting that cute. Oh, he's got it. That's how quick he is, man. That's how quick he is. He must be related to uh, like Kane Dawson to a gunslinger from the old West. I don't know. Um, I am Supreme says lock is tearing us apart. Fire his butt. Go Broncos. All right, dude. Okay. Cool. Um, Dave from Georgia again. What up, brother? How short do you think Vic Fangio's leash is this year? Thanks again, guys. Let him hate state of being. His, His leash is the season. I don't don't think you see Fangio get um, fired early unless it's an 0-4, 0-5, 0-6. I think George Payton's inclined to kind of ride out uh, 2021 and then let the chips fall. I think it would take a categorical, just absolute face plant to see him get fired in season.
3: If there's a scapegoat, it would be uh, an underling first. So they wouldn't fire Fangio. They would give him, I think, the entirety of the season, but they would fire someone like Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon, someone to make a statement before Fangio's card is pulled, and that card will
1: get pulled if he doesn't have a playoff season, I think, this coming year. Meek, what's going on, brother? It's good to see you. I've missed you. Hope you're doing well. He says, very proud, Drewther. What's good, gang? Let's be honest. Drew is our guy. Uh, get with it or get lost. Hey, Hey, man. Moon. I just I just find it refreshing every once in a blue moon for someone to say anything even remotely positive about Drew Locke without going off the reservation. So, Meek, you're the man. Thank you, Meek. Um, all right, real quick, John. BNS, you got BNS and Wren. BNS and Wren and then Kane, and then we're out. Uh, here's BNS. Good to see you, brother. By the way, it's been really cool to have you on Twitter. So, shout out. I think the focus should be on the staff, Vic, Schirmer, et cetera. If they don't improve, it wouldn't matter who the QB is. Hashtag all pro bowls. Hashtag Crowpie for the haters. Hashtag Denver Buckles for Life. Yeah, dude. Um, they're under the gun. They really are. And that's why there's a part of me, Zach, that's a little bit skeptical. Like, it's not skeptical. It's like almost it, it's more of like a paranoia. So it's a little tinfoil hat. All right, I'll admit but that these guys are so under the gun to, to save their jobs that they might step over a dollar, pick up a dime, that they might not massage Drew fully through it this summer and just go with Teddy because they think it's the shortest path. It's the path of least resistance to saving their job. Hopefully not, but it's a concern of mine. Hey, listen, you know what? If that happens, the the coaching staff's flaws will still come out. Pat Shermer's game
3: planning, his play calling, those flaws will still come out. Vic Fangio's clock mismanagement, timeout mismanagement, situational mismanagement. So the quarterback ultimately doesn't matter, and that's why I agree with the point BNS is making here. The point I've been making for months now, it's not just the quarterback. The coaching, 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 taking on such a big onus for how the Broncos respond this season what the record's like it's it's it wasn't just a one-man failure last year
1: the coaching staff and even Vic Fangio he left a lot to be desired Ren good to see you my friend been a minute since we've seen you on super chat welcome back thanks for your support he says I truly believe if we can stay healthy and Locke doesn't get hurt in the season again we will ball out and make the playoffs go Broncos hashtag Locke is future that's basically how I feel That's basically how I see it, but I'm as always open to new information. Things develop, things change, but that's how I see it too, Ren. Yeah, I'm already tasting my steak, and it tastes pretty good. So, yeah, pretty confident. Yeah. By the way, you know, week uh, three in Denver. Um, you know, maybe Zach, when we're doing our MHH tent in the in the tailgate for the home opener, maybe he can cater from Elways. I don't know. I'm just thinking (laughs) out loud, right? All right. Kane, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Thank you. As always, he says the rumor mill is working overtime. Gotta love it. We love it. We yeah. do. We love the speculation, the rumors, you know. Um, it's just fun. Especially right now, you're sitting here in June, dude. I mean, hey, count your, your blessings that the Broncos are in the building and there's something happening for us to analyze relative to football. But outside of that, guys, I mean, they're gonna be gone soon and then It's the dog days, the true dog days of the NFL summer, and it's bleak. But we'll be here to get you through it, and we'll be here in hopes that you can help us get through it. Exactly. It's a mutual friendship we all have in this community. Uh, Reciprocation is key. Michaela, what's up again? You're the bomb. (laughs) She says, I want to be on the show. I'm just afraid of making a fool of myself. LOL, you guys are the best. So here's what we'll do, Michaela. All right? (laughs) Reach out. This is a real fear, like, you know, my wife, for example, I can stand up on a microphone in front of a room full of people and talk, and I don't even think twice about it, all right? but it's because of repetitions and just how I'm particularly wired. Not everyone's like that. My wife, oh man, she would agonize and stress and worry, and it would be just this shy of debilitating and crippling to her, the notion of having the lights on and all that stuff. So what we would do, Michaela, is maybe ease you into it. So we'll set up a time. To just have you come on with us, not live, just me, you, Zach, chit-chat for a few minutes. John, we'll talk you through it, make you feel comfortable, at ease, no big deal. And then at the end of that, if you're not feeling it, then we'll say, hey, you know, we'll circle back another time. But I think you would. So reach out either on Twitter. We'll set it up. Okay. Don't worry so much about it. I promise it's a lot smoother sailing than you might think. And Michaela, you can
3: talk to anyone that we brought on the show. We've heard that, that, you know, issue from a lot of people, and everyone has done a great job so far. So if you ever have any questions, I'm sure anyone would love to reach out and
1: explain to you that you would kill it. All right, last one, gang. And then we got to go from Eric. Good to see you again. Every night so far this week, Eric, dropping knowledge, supporting the cause. We notice, we see you, we appreciate you. Fans will take credit when Locke blows up, like they did Bowles, and Noah can't. They will say, he finally listened to us, Drew finally listened to us, and and now we can, you know, um, fold him back into the bosom of Broncos country. Maybe it shakes out that way. I don't know about taking credit, but you know what? If he blows up, fans are just going to, you know, the the fans that are constant negative right now, it will be as if it never happened. It will be erased From memory? Uh, First of all, is there NDS now? Noah can't. I haven't heard that before,
3: but that doesn't surprise me that Broncos fans are turning out Noah fan, you know, potential. All pro tight end. And listen, the same fans that are dogging Locke now, I'm going to take it a step further. They'll be the ones celebrating Locke if or when he succeeds. But then they'll also be the first to denounce Locke if or when he falls back down to earth, when he throws his first pick, when the Broncos lose their first game. They'll scrub their social media. They'll pretend it never happened. They'll go back to being, listen, cut him now. He's the worst quarterback I was right all along. It is so typical.
1: Last one from Jay. What happens if Zach loses the bet? I owe a steak dinner. Cloud nine. You tell me, what do you want? Cloud nine. How do you like your steak? You, you it's not going to matter a, anyway. So you sent us an email. Uh, if, if Zach loses the bet, you sent us an email. Boggins, dude, by the way, you sent us an email and, uh, we'll send you a gift card. Trust Boggins, dude, appreciate you. Good to see you. Sorry for, uh, without airing your, um, laundry in public. Very sorry to hear about the loss in your family, as you know. Um, Thoughts and prayers up. Hope you're doing okay. Hope your family is, um, you know, getting through it okay. Love you. With that gang, we got to go. All right. So many great questions and comments and topics in the chat. I wish that we had all the time in the world, but we'll be back tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag and hopefully we'll have more time to let our hair down. Uh, I'm already 16 minutes, 17 minutes past where I should be, uh, but it's because you guys just, Can't get off when you're being this just awesome. So love you guys. Thank you so much. Dale, shout out to you, my friend, uh, for making time for us, for the Super Chats tonight as well. Shout out to all of our Super Chat superstars and on Facebook, our superstars over there. Zach, we'll see you tomorrow night, bro. Sign us off and um, we'll, we'll do it then.
3: Yeah, I know you have to go, so I'll keep this quick. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. You can follow The Beast at John K. MHH. Also, follow The Mothership at Mile High Huddle. Sorry, John. Follow The Pod at Huddle Up Pod. Go to The Store at HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag, get a hat, get a shirt, get anything you want, anything your heart fancies. Uh, also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter, Big Blue Button. Kelberman's Corner Sunday trickles on Saturday. I promise you exclusive content. Can't do any of that. We appreciate We understand. Just subscribe, like, and share. Helps us out. Back tomorrow night, Mile High Mailbag Chat, our favorite podcast of the week. We'll see you guys then at 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos.
2: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation
4: going.